obviously it's been a little while since you heard from me. I took an impromptu break uh, for a few different reasons. And look, I was going to do an extended intro and, and have a bit of a discussion about as to why I took an extended break. However, maybe that's not for today. Maybe I do an unsupervised. Suffice to say that I'm in my 40s now and I just took a break. However, we're back now for Earth's Forbidden Secrets 21. I realise that saying EFS, it's only those that actually follow the podcast that know what we're talking about. And because there's been 21 episodes, those that are joining new, this is Max Egan's book. He's an Aussie author. He released this book in the mid-2000s. It's called Earth's Forbidden Secrets. And I'll actually put that in the title because we are so close to finishing the book. And I might actually go back and take EFS out and put Earth's Forbidden Secrets in the title of the other ones. Just so everybody has an understanding of where we're coming from. We didn't finish the book, sorry. However, Angus and I sat down and had a really excellent conversation exploring the end of this book. And because Max is sort of tying it up, what we're seeing and what we're exploring, there's a lot of conversation pieces here because he's tying his ideas together and he's looking at them from a different perspective and it ties into a lot of research we've done here at the podcast. Okay. Again, I think I'll explore some stuff a little bit later on. How I've been working with some plant medicines and discovering some things and it's it, there's an interesting part here and there's some lessons to be learned and shared. However, it's not for now. Thanks very much to those who downloaded while I was away. Uh, I can't believe the amount of downloads I got when there's no episodes there. That was inspiring and very cool. Uh, a special thanks to Loomis General. There's a lot of guys that reached out to me over the last six weeks and sent me research and asked how I was and making me re-engage with the show. So I really appreciate the support and I appreciate the people reaching out. And it's good to be back. Uh, remember, we're on Patreon, unlocking the code. You want to swing a couple of bucks our way, that'd be awesome. Instagram, Facebook, I feel that I have to... Re oh, I was kicked off Twitter for a single comment. Unbelievably. And that sucked because I didn't really use Twitter, but the connections on there were amazing. So I'm, I'm, part of my job is to actually lodge a formal appeal because I, I, I an inflammatory comment or something like that. However, I'll probably, I probably need to re-engage with social media a little bit more than I have. I just see it as part of the problem. Uh, we'll see how we go. Please look after yourselves. Please be kind, be cool, engage discipline, prepare, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. We went for... Spitting jam stuff, 50 fans in a little cramped room. A shoebox, he couldn't fit a shoe in a tour. And Switzerland with my man in the minivan, being the man of the minute can happen in the minute. I've seen bodies that I trust in a way, cause money can't buy you love, but it can earn you hate. And none of you came from fuck to the movement with large. Now every crew is making music, every dude has got bars. Now every half ass bar fly up in the bar once. You said about spitting about the dark and the hard times. On the fighting for the crowds and the such. 
watch when we encountered in the pal who would be down on his lawn. It's the volleys pushing trolleys, eating soup from a tent. My girls are golly, man, these parties ain't improving a thing. We'll swap your worries for some bollies, swap your soup for some wings. And fly with us, we light it up, and it's a beautiful thing. The days of Walkmans and starter hats The open mic nights, master in the auto rap We man-made underground like an artifact We don't need to worry when the market crash I'm from the bottom, brought up my new Scotland Planted all my seeds, watered them and watch it blossom Then they try to tell me over time we'd be forgotten Rotten, thinking that you're gonna keep me boxed in Nonsense, hilltop and class rock till you're noggin' nod And you can walk in my shoes but never fit in my jeans I do this with no option till my body's old and rotten and exhausted Keep it going cause I'm living my dream when it comes to picture painting, we might be the illustrated with the visuals illustrated. That's ill communication. Therapy for life without the rehabilitation. Keep waiting, I'm about to blow up. It's a signpost to find that which lies below Born in 88, so I came in late To find for the first time in life I felt right at home Through the growing pains and hostile takeovers People trying to put us down like Beethoven We stayed strong and remained focused Till they had no other choice but to stand up and take notice Never thought what I wrote on the page back in the day Would ever have me catching a plane or rapping up on the stage Staring out at the crowd in amazement Thinking back on the days when we were confined to the limitations of the basement The sub to raining and kids became the main event I pay respect to those who spent days laying foundations Countdown to detonation Mate, you're welcome. Mate, we're back again. We're gonna have a back crack again. It's Christmas soon, but it's Christmas gonna... soon. <laughs> we'll, we will finish the book. Crack. We're gonna finish the book maybe tonight. I'd, we, I'd no promises, man. We're just we'll gonna see. see where we go. Look, this is being recorded the week of poker night. So get out of the boys. 
And looking forward to Poker Night. It's going to be one for the ages, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Tris 40th too. Yes, it is my 40th. Yes. Look, I will. Yeah, I am old. Shut up. Just to the old list, just to the listeners out there, I've only. The oldest. Shut up. I am. That's the problem. It's a track for the oldies. It's a track for the oldies from 1988. Um... (laughs) That's my son's word for old. 80s, yeah. That's 80s. Yeah, yeah. My, my, My daughter says to me, she goes, so have you got any scars from the 80s? I'm like, yes, sweetheart. I've got many scars. How would, how many would you like to see? She's like, what? They're obsessed with the 80s. Yeah. Uh, well, fluoro's back, man. Some of yeah. the 80s stuff's back. Anyway. We don't, mullets uh, are back, man. They have been for I two know. years now. Well, I remember out at Sundowner, mate, that was, that was a mullet show. Like, mate, there, was, there was fighting in the front, fantastic. party in the back. There's there fantastic like... mullets out there. I'm a bit jelly. Wish I could... I, I I attempted the mullet at yeah. the start of the trend, we and, and I ran it for a little while, but we it can't. was just disgusting. We can't, man. We, we can't. We, dude, we, we, we can. We can. But we can. I wanted a permit. Are you going to permit? Like, yeah, I curl? think full I think curl if I, at the front. If I go mullet again, oh, it's got to be all in. I may dye my hair blonde. Yeah, and streaks, streaks. I'm yeah, thinking like Craig McLaughlin, oh, blonde and permed. Right. Like it. Yeah, but but straight at the back. Like full, yeah, full biz. Maybe, the back. maybe straight at the back and then permed on top. I'm, I'm, I'm like a golden French poodle. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But yes, I am old. And just to the listeners out there, I did take a little impromptu break uh, for this month. However, we're back, plenty on the books. But I just needed a bit of time to process the fact that I was 40, I think. However, the oldest, shut up. The exclamation mark will be put on that on Friday night. So looking forward to that. You wanted to talk about, because we're going to try and finish the book, but you wanted to talk about North Sentinel Island and whether or not we are well, North Sentinel Island. Because look, you, so a bit yeah. of background, you were listening in your truck to the last UAP episode with Anthony and Grant. And those that was an excellent episode. Thank you very much, boys. It was. Uh, and then you came in, you're in the refinery at the end of it uh, when we were just, finishing it all up and we had an extended discussion afterwards so where did you want to go man do you want to pass me the uh the joe fighter the literus and take it away well mate through all my years of uh ufo uap research and it is years because you're old too mate i'm I'm old as not as old as me but you're still but i'm i'm getting super gray in the chin like Isn't I only it? noticed I tonight it how gray I'm, it's how gray I'm getting. When I'm teaching, when I'm teaching, right? Like it's happened a few times now where if the doors open, the light comes through the door. I'm like, what's in my beard? And then I realize, no, it's just the light catching all the gray yeah. that's across. It's yeah. all it's all in there, man. It's yeah. all in there. It's, but anyway, it's getting thick. Well, look, so it's anyway, about look, time. It's about time we got our grays. You know what I mean? We we've had our licks. We've done our time. You we've know, done what I mean? our time. I, I'm proud of the grays coming in. It's like you know what? Hundred percent. I I've earned I'll every gray. The grays. Yeah, exactly. I've earned every gray. Yeah. I welcome the grays because <laughs> I just want to look how I feel. That's right. I feel broken and old, so I want to look old. <laughs> But, mate, to circle back around, pretty much my, like, thinking about the current UAP situation, right, we've got the possibility of, let's just say, the Tic Tacs aren't from Earth, or at least they're not from us. They may be from Earth, yeah, but not from us. They strike me 
as uh, surveillance drones, drones yeah, exactly. is what they strike me as. Yeah. Something that's been here for a long time. They're on a time schedule. Mm-hmm. They pop up or they've got like sensors. They can sense something, yeah, yeah. activity, like certain radio signals that yeah. we're putting out. Yeah. Sampling um, different water samples. They might be able to pick up on the yeah. presence of nuclear warheads, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. So they, they get activated mm. and they come out and they hang around. Mm. And then they send information back mm-hmm. to a governing body mm-hmm. about what we're up to, mm-hmm. what the movements reports. are. Reports. Reports, that, electronic email reports or something. Yeah. Whatever. Basically, matter. in our words, yeah. Yeah. And then that then goes back to a governing body. That governing body is like the panel of nine, you know, that Thoth, is, Thoth sits on, yep. yada, yada, yep. yada. Could be Anunnaki, could be Sumerian. Which way do you want to go? Well, it's all the same it's thing. It's all the same thing. Yeah. It's just accounts accounts of from different people that have called them different things. I do think that the the book, exploring the book over the last year, sorry, people, it's been fun though. Um, has joined a lot of dots in the research together for us both. And I think that's where this is coming from. Because I, I, you know, it, it, there's the, the two arguments that I, I think, you, I'm with you on the surveillance drones, but I can't let go of the uh, under the ocean, man. I can't let go of if you existed on this planet for X amount of years yep. and you witnessed X amount of cataclysms happening on the surface of the planet, how long before you would go into the ocean. Because as you know, you can fire a 50 caliber rifle at the water and it stops within three feet, right? Yeah. That whole through the water things, that's special effects. That's actually yeah. not real, right? Um, so it's stable under the ocean and all these things are found in the ocean, right? Or, uh, you know, off the coast in the oceans. Yeah. Either way, I think... I think they're just parking garages, man. Yeah, it could be, man. But I think we are in an alien ant farm as we finish this book off, it's only, I think it's probably going to highlight that, you know, the way the magnetic fields moving, converging together. Is that Nibiru coming in from outer space? These are questions that I have mm. that, because it's on the big elongated orbit. Yeah. Cycles of time, maybe. So say we're North Central Island. Do you think maybe shit went down on the Tic Tac home planet and maybe they haven't been as active or do you think there is an active uh, control mechanism within the we're not going to say government because we all, we all know now it's not the government whatever the shadow government is behind yeah. the government yeah are they in contact with these beings do you think or where do you not too sure about that one yes and no in contact like I don't I don't think we can have a face to we're not having face to face yeah it's not, we're not sitting in the boardroom at no there. no no but I think in terms of like channeling yeah this the stuff that's been outlined stuff. by like Marty and yep. stuff like that in terms of people who have been able to contact different things and channel different things you know that remote viewing mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah I think we can sort of contact that way yeah that's that's how we can do you think do you think you know how we and this is something we haven't spoken about in a little while do you think that maybe we would i i, I mess around with a theory in my head that maybe because this stuff we when this is what we've learned here at utc is that yeah. there's big gaps in history right so there's like a whole 1200 year gap that we don't really they call it the dark ages yeah. and they go oh yeah we know what happened no we no we don't we don't actually have a clue what happened yeah we just say that we do were we downgraded, right? Did we have 
for the want of a better description, the ability of magic with a K, right? And that ability was taken away from us, probably because we fucked up. Like, let's be honest, it was probably because we made a mistake and we took advantage of it because that's what humans do. But do you think maybe we were downgraded? Because how can some people? I'm not. Too, uh, I'm. I'm not too sure on that one. I don't know if we were as much as. Look, if if we're verging on the edge of of gene manipulation in terms mm. of like CRISPR, CRISPR and, and and the other probably way more advanced versions that are out there now that we don't know about, there's an there is an ability for an intelligent race to be able to, yeah, gene manipulate us to... I think we were manipulated. To to manoeuvre some of our things, or maybe even the Anunnaki story of upscaling us. Yeah. And maybe just some of these... Some of these things... More true than we maybe first gave them credit for. Well, it, it might just be spikes of... Like, as in you're saying, people with different abilities that have, like, little echoes coming through like psychic abilities or shit like that. Yeah. Maybe the, and I'm only talking about like the real cases, if there are real cases, if there are real cases, not the yeah, fucking, whatever the percentage is that is real. That yeah. Not, do not the con men in this yeah, world yeah, sort right. of thing. Let's man. say there are 1% like UTC yeah, likes to, there's 1% out there that are genuine real cases of a psychic ability or something along those yep, lines. Absolutely. I think they are genetic byproducts that were unforeseen mm. because the the way in which yeah. some genetic stuff I've, I've heard lately where it's stuff like, happens genes do weird things yeah exactly yeah. genes do multiple things so you snip out or add in uh, a gene that was switched off well for for a reason there yeah. are other reason there are other things that come along with it that's that you right. can't control yeah, because exactly. that's you it's don't all know. coded on that gene yeah and within that within the within the framework the elaborate framework of the human genome and the variations that are involved in that different things will do different things. Yeah, which, okay. which the funny thing is, hilariously, the way in which um, these beings that have been contacted like treat us is a lot like a gene in terms of they may seem benevolent mm. until they become malevolent exactly like there's there's both sides of the aspect are involved in the same thing it's almost like what does marty say it's like a a lot of these things are like trickster like 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 pranksters loki loki loki's the probably the the one that that's a lot of the that's a lot of the contact that we seem to have yeah they'll benefit you for a while and then they will just mess with you for the for the sake of then something will go wrong yeah yeah and it's it's you know similar gene manipulation okay so we want to get into the book so final question on the topic do you think within our lifetimes we will have a have an answer to these questions maybe Maybe, because i agree because we're reaching a point where maybe by the time we're dying we may be somewhat interplanetary i think it's going to be one of two things i think i agree with you what you're saying like the there there's a not a linear prog- I think there's going to be a big massive jump in tech and like I said to you before once we finish the book I do want to go back and look at some articles because there's been some accelerated learning in uh, different type of engines and space engines and stuff like that mm-hmm. all of a sudden right now we've got pulse engines and all this sort of stuff now is that them accelerating the technology 
because we've already got it? That's a good question. I think that maybe because we're at the end of the cycle of the cycle of the cycle, that maybe something's going to happen, right? And that may either reveal or not reveal something, right? Because remember, remember it's UTC. So what does the message in the stone say? It says, look to the sky in your times, right? Mm. And that's now, right? Yeah. Go back to Tepi, Pillar 43, blah, blah, blah. So I either think something's going to happen because we are a, a stray missile away from World War Three. I know we don't talk about, man, you don't talk about the general stuff anymore. However, that is the truth. Yeah. Or like you say, there'll be a linear progression and we, it'll be the classic Star Trek story. We, we invent the warp engine. No, it's not that I think, no, it's not that I think it's like that. I think the, what comes with being interplanetary is also, uh, the possible end of the civilization here. Mm. Right. So it's, it's world war three is on our doorstep. We cross six lane highways with a blindfold twice, uh, twice a year through media streams. Mm. I think, I think we will. I think we'll accelerate in our abilities because we'll have a focus in terms of something. And it's just to me, it's just it's funny to me. It's just common sense that when ten thousand eight hundred years ago, I think they're at the same place. Yeah. In terms of. Yeah, I don't um, disagree with that. They're they're bordering on interplanetary, and it's it's a bit of a race to see mm. what comes first. Yeah, well, do you do, do you, you escape, blow yourself up? Or do, do you escape? The, do you, es- you escape, es- the escape the destruction and join the other races that have escaped before, mm. or do you blow yourself? Or up and do again? you blow yourself up and it resets? Mm. That's a good question. That's that's how I feel it is. Interesting times, man. Interesting times. I think either way, it's it's fascinating. And, and look, I know we've talked a lot about the UAP stuff recently here on the podcast. However, it's it's insane to us that it's not a mainstream every single day conversation. Yeah, um, it's totally insane. However, let's get into the book, man. Let's um, let's get into the book here. All right, so. I'll take over, mate, if you reckon. It's all yours, mate. It's me. It's me. It's me. Now, we're going to do this one. We weren't sure what we were going to do, but we ended with the uh, 11 po- 12 points from Max, uh, and the, we're getting towards the end of the book. We're wrapping it up. And then the next one was the po- politics of control. And obviously, we've all existed in this realm for the last three years, so we know exactly what that's about, and it is continuing to be so. But let's see what Max has got to say for us back in the past. Remember, this is 05, 06, I think we said? Yep. The truth can sometimes be a pretty scary thing if it's not approached with a certain amount of respect and understanding. People really need to be educated in the realities of the universe and man's relationship to it before things can ever make any true sense. The unfortunate situation is that a great many people in modern times are also caught so far up in religion that it becomes extremely difficult for them to accept the fact that their faith has been misplaced. The sad truth is that most people in those situations become very hostile and angry when faced with indisputable evidence, often to the extent where calm and rational debate can become impossible. Some people in shocking acts of irresponsibility, religious insecurity and ego will even quite often destroy contrary texts or legitimate proofs and fake other more acceptable evidence in order to reinforce their personal beliefs. These sorts of acts make it very difficult for mankind to ever discover the real truths. Maybe I'm slightly more wary than some, 
but I've always considered the truth to be the ultimate goal in any quest for knowledge. One day it may be realized that facts are simply facts, nothing more, nothing less. Facts, when properly understood, do not need to encroach on people's racial prides or national heritages or ethnocentric insecurities. In truth, possibly the most malicious, irresponsible and dangerous act that has ever been committed against mankind as a whole is the conscious and willful suppression of knowledge and the pure and utter fabrication that is perpetuated by academia on a daily basis. For in truth, all the peoples of the world, the entirety of humankind, have had their true heritage stolen from them and purposely and systematically hidden from view by financial, political, theological and academic megalomaniacs whose only desire is control. I love, I just love the way he puts it. Uh, This fact has been proven time and time again. These actions, which can be held wholly responsible for most of the bloodshed that has occurred in the last 2,000 years, knowingly performed by the very people who hold the keys to our knowledge and our future, represent a crime beyond comparison. As history now has now shown, their suppression of real truths has placed mankind in an extremely unbalanced and perilous situation. With proper education and open and free societies, the world will be free of the most of its troubles because controlled through political and religious means could never work on an educated population. With proper education, the idea of one person killing another over a stolen story that is being contrived into a religious doctrine and written into a book would be openly seen to be as ridiculous as it is obscene. I actually really echo with that when I really realized that all the religions were the same. And I'm like, and then I'm like, hang on a minute. They've done how much, how much killing for the last 2,000 years over the same book and the same story and the same thing? It's like, that is patently ridiculous. Like, how much blood? It, obscene, it is obscene. I mean, 100%. And <clears throat> to be honest, I'd never never really thought of it like that mm. in terms of when I thought about all Why? the like, orig- religions and, and stuff like that being you know derived from the same story just Mm -hmm. with you know everything's the same only the names have changed changed, basically and it's been simplified over time Mm. you know that we've taken a lot of the backstory out but what i what i was saying was yeah i never really got to that point that you just pointed out i was like yeah a lot of a lot of people have been killed in the in the name of fucking god Mm -hmm. just for the for the different version of the book of the same book of the same story yeah that's exactly it. that's that honestly that's that's it is that is that I mean, what think amount of blood that has been spilt in jerusalem man are right? they the that, that patch of like, dirt that patch of dirt it would be soaked and like how yeah. many leak gallons and liters and hundreds and thousands of liters of blood have been spilt on that ground yeah for what exactly you know what i mean yeah for a copied story. Yeah. But the problem for governments is that with proper education, the world would also never let our corrupt leaders or multinational corporations abuse their power the way they've done and still now continue to do. Didn't get any better, Max. For this reason, people are kept uh, to be kept too busy to be aware of many of these things that are going on around them. Often the hidden truths go unnoticed because the constant barrage of media propaganda and the rigors of daily life. See, that's been going on for thousands of years. Yeah, you know, that was that was Rome and the yeah, Colosseum. Bread, you know? bread, and bread and circuses, man. Yeah, exactly. Bread and circuses. That's, yeah. You know, that's exactly what we're talking about: is distracting the masses. Yeah. yeah. If you keep people busy enough and distracted enough, they simply don't notice what is going on around them. 
It is the entire, this in this way, entire populations are unwittingly controlled every day. Jeez, I'm a bit rusty, rusty. Even now, still more discoveries are being made that challenge our traditional tenets, such as the first ever fossilized dinosaur heart that was discovered in 1993. Now, this may not sound like much of a find to you at first, but it was one that absolutely rocked the paleontology world because the heart was discovered to have four ventricles. This, of course, means dinosaurs were warm-blooded. That's right. And that means that they were not actually the quite the slow-moving, cumbersome reptiles that have been previously imagined, but were in fact quite swift and agile. But consider this, it also means that they were not even reptiles as had been previously surmised, because reptiles have hearts containing only three ventricles and are essentially cold-blooded creatures. Then in 2004, the actual remains of a dinosaur bone were found with a feather still attached to it. Okay. By the way, uh, um, Dan from America is with you insofar as he reckons dinosaurs potentially. He he even mentioned truodons. I know he did, man. He he he's he's with you. Uh, I don't know what. But see, that's the thing, though. What we need to remember. So the only reason that me and Dan are saying truodons is because they had the largest brain case out of any fossilized dinosaur that yeah. we've found. Yeah. What's to say that that's not that's not a a uh, ancestor of a, a branch that like like the mammalian chimpanzee gorilla line that that genetically that it's traced that we're a part of mm. that had its common ancestor that looks like a shrew or something like mm. that you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what if that shrew is the truodon could be and it's just the fact that the things after that never fossilized yeah, the fossil records always there's so much there's more missing from the fossil record than there is there. Well, the other there. and the other thing is what we need to remember is while we're living creating civilizations, there's elephants and six meter long crocodiles, yeah, and giraffes, and they and die so, and something taking a bite out of orchids, by the way. Yeah, and they die out in the wild, and sometimes they fossilize. That's right. That's while we're here. Mm. So. Let's just think about that for a second. On the back of the 130 million years that the four-valved dinosaurs were alive, mm. what's to say there's not concurrently a, a species that has developed to the point where it's intelligent living alongside? They're just the wild animals mm. that are fossilizing mm. out there. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. these things are living in civilization. And they're not in the place to fossilize. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the boneyard, the guy from Alaska, right? There's like a five acre patch where all this stuff for some reason has. Yeah. Like ran in, mammoths, I yeah. think, and rhinos. Saber toothed cats. And, yep. And he says not humans, you know, in, in, in inverted commas, yep. where he's found human remains, right? Yep. So it's all just in this one patch. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And he can't say that there's humans in there because as soon as he says that, that then activates the governments, and the governments come and shut it down, and then the bones go away, and then no one knows anything. Yeah. And on and on it goes. Probably giant's bones in there. Could be, right? This immediately causes one to pause and reflect on the myriad of South American accounts of Quetzalcoatl, Veracocha, Voltan, etc., and the possible reality of feathered serpents, dragons. Well, what if a dragon didn't have bat wings, man? What if it had a, uh, what if it had a feathered wings? Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. In 2003, there remains of an entirely new species of previous unknown one-meter-tall humans, Floriensis, uh, discovered in a cave called Liang Bua in the Indonesian island of Flores, 
about 400 miles east of Bali. Not just one, but the remains of a whole tribe that had apparently been living on a quite populated island up until possibly as recently 200 or 300 years ago. Even more recently, a formerly unknown member of our solar system has been confirmed and photographed. And there is a substantial amount of other new evidence that suggests the very real possibility that some of the things that were supposed to have happened in our prehistory may not have really actually occurred quite that long ago at all. This has got you written all over it, mate, of hobbits, dinosaurs, and alphabets. Like if anything was well, if anything was uh, written for you, this is the one. Oh, don't run away from it. There we go. Take it away. The human remains that were discovered in 2003 on Flores totally shocked the scientists involved in the find because the skeletons were of a previously unknown miniature human species. The full-grown human skeleton that was recovered from the site was barely a metre tall, about the height of a three-year-old, with a skull about the size of a grapefruit. Some researchers claim that the discovery is now proof positive that the human species is actually far more diverse than had ever been previously believed. The remains of a cranium, both right and left legs, a hand and other smaller bone fragments, were recovered from the site. The diminutive size of these human remains can be easily seen by a simple comparison of the skull of the Flores skeleton with that of a skull of a normal-sized human. The researchers also determined that the skeleton was not that of a dwarf or otherwise abnormal in any way, but was in fact perfectly proportioned for its size, exactly like a normal adult, only considerably smaller in size. The team also found that the remains of the number of other similar-sized humans in the caves as well, confirming that the area was once home to a reasonably-sized population of the little people which have been named Homo floriensis. See to see to Max, and when he wrote this, this is only a couple of years old. Like it's still brand new, yes, relatively new information. Yes. Whereas we've looked, we've looked at Floriensis quite a lot. That's right. The discovery of these remains absolutely confounded the archaeology and anthropology worlds. According to Darwin's theory of evolution, researchers had previously believed that any people with a brain and body of such miniature size could only possibly have walked the Earth at a period of no less than 3 million years ago. The find was indeed so surprising that the Associate Professor of Archaeology, Professor Peter Brown at the University of the New England in Armidale, Australia, commented, I would have been less surprised if my colleagues had found an alien spacecraft. The research team has not ruled out the possibility that the small human species may actually have survived on the island until as recently as the 1500s. This idea is also greatly supported by local folktales. The local legends tell us that the little people lived in caves in the forests and were well known to the local villagers who would leave food outside at night for the little people to collect, mostly in Luva gourds. According to the co-author of the study, Richard Roberts of the University of Wollongong, legend has it that these were the guests from hell. They'd eat everything, including the gourds. It's a bit dramatic. Yeah. The local legends actually go a good deal further than that. It may be that this diminutive race of forest dwellers became more than just the guests from hell and became too much for the local inhabitants. 
One tale has it that in times when food was scarce, the little folk would come down from the mountains and steal food from the villagers. Locals report that only a few generations ago, on one such occasion, while conducting one of these raids, they also stole a baby from a villager. The angry villagers, knowing of the mountain cave where the little folk dwelt, formed an angry mob and made their way to the cave to retrieve the infant. Upon their arrival, they found the child long dead and so, in their wrath, set fire. They set fire to the cave and fueled the fire so that they would be rid of the forest people forever. In If such a tale is indeed true, then it is not unreasonable to surmise that there may well have been more than just a single colony of such forest people who may well have taken fright at the fiery demise of their brethren and moved deeper into the jungle. If that be the case, they may may well still be living in some remote area. Mm -hmm. Sightings of such small forest people have occurred in the New Guinea and and in Queensland, Australia. In an area of Lemington National Park known as the Lost World. I've fucking been there, dude. And you know it's what else is funny? Spice, man. It's you know what else spot. is funny? That's where fucking Mangle did I was his, just going to say, that's exactly did right. His fucking yowie hunt. That's right. So, yeah, I've been down there. It's pretty cool. There's I've only been in daylight hours, yeah, though. Yeah, I don't know about camping down there. There's, there's like, there's hippie fucking commune shit down in there. There's, there's all, all sorts, sorts of shit stuff, in there, yeah. man. And that's just, but that, the thing is, that's just one of the valleys. Yeah. There's, there's, there's like there's three, three valleys, valleys yeah. that run side by side into those mountains. Mm. And they're all as beautiful as the next. Mm. That's fucking hilarious. I was fully expecting um, the Daintree. Yeah. I was not expecting Lamington National Park. Yeah. All right. So a dense subtropical rainforest location of very mountainous and rugged, rugged terrain. Though none of these sightings have been confirmed, in other words, they haven't managed to catch or kill one yet. Refer back to, oh, I don't know what episode it is, but there's the the Yowie episode with Daniel and Brian because those boys experienced something. I, yeah. I believe that they believe that they experienced something. That's right. Because I had them in the studio and I looked in their eyes when they were telling the story and yes. I they they fully believe oh, that sort of something. I totally forgot to bring my... I'll do it on the next episode. I'll do it. I'll, I won't go any further. Okay. I've got a book I'm going to bring over. Keep going. To read a little section out of. So I'll bring it over on the next one. Look forward to it. It is interesting. It is interesting to note that that if one <laughs> is to study not only the time frame of our history and also the time frame of evolution as it presents itself but also take the Sumerian account of creation at face value, a startling possibility presents itself. Why were the gods of old always depicted as being of greater stature than man and spoken of as giants? If indeed they were giants, and if indeed they mixed our DNA with hominid DNA to create man as the text suggests, then it is not entirely unreasonable to imagine Homo floriensis may well be the origin of the earthly DNA that was used. This race may now be where man would have actually progressed to if he had been left to his own evolutionary devices in the time that has passed since Neanderthal. Look, that's a stretch. That's a big stretch. I don't know, man. Like, there's no, you're fucking, that's a long bow, Max. Sorry, but I'm just going to say that. Like, 
maybe I, I I see I see Homo floriensis as a as a species that probably evolved and grew within its own environment, right? They only existed on small islands from what they can see. Like they existed in the island chain along the the coast of Bali there, right? Yeah. You can't exist to be a big person if you're on if there's only X amount of food. Yeah. Look, I, I I agree with you, and I think it's something along the lines of the lemurs of Madagascar. Yeah, you know, did they grow? Were they once full size humans? Mm. And through, and yeah, exactly. And through uh, ye- thousands of years of being on this island, and maybe maybe once upon a time they walked out in a in an ice age, and then they fucking the the water came up. Yeah. So now they were stuck there, and they weren't to a point where they they were ever a seafaring peoples. They just stayed on that little. So island. they just were like, "We're just going to stay on the island," and maybe they bred themselves smaller. Look, the other thing is too, and my Wontoks and my brothers and sisters in Papua New Guinea that I spent many years working with, the people of the Highlands are of a very short stature. Like they're four and a half, five foot tall. They are, but they are like little mountain goats, like little they, nuggets. They little nuggets. Yep. Uh, however, they are not tall people. They're, yeah. But they because like because if you so, think about it, so if you're ma- scrambling maybe, up and down mountains, you don't need you know like you just need all power and just you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just scrambling basically. So is that an offshoot of the Floriensis or well, is, is, is that it, is it people adapting to because the environment let's, they exist let's not forget these are on our line these are not a different hominid yeah these are humans but they're just small yeah There's exactly people, yeah so what if what if like the remnants of those people who are quite small of stature in those areas mm. they are where the race started like in that area for whatever reason they started getting smaller and mm-hmm. then the, some of these small people already small humans yeah then get onto this fucking island and then yeah. small themselves even more through whatever um natural stresses were put upon their population or did they get caught on the islands when the sea rose as well yeah yeah well that's what i'm kind of yeah, saying yeah, 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 yeah they did because you have to have that geographical isolation yeah because if you've got people coming in then you can mix dna it mixes and dna stuff. and yeah, you yeah. you wreck the whole breeding line yeah you've got to have a breeding line to breed down to that mm. is mm. what i'm is what i'm yeah, getting yeah, at you yeah, know yeah. like breeding yeah. dogs you can yeah. breed certain traits yeah. into things yeah. and yeah. that's that's what i think possibly could have happened mm. to the floriensis mm. Interesting. Is what I was, yeah, that's my train of thought. Mm. I think he's drawing a long bow with that, like, that's what we would have been if we, we weren't upgraded. The very, the variation of human, obviously, you've got, you know, the blacks, the yellows, the whites, the browns, the, you know what I mean? Like, the, there's five races, you would say, or seven races, maybe you could say, of humans. There's too much variation there. So you wouldn't think, even if we weren't upgraded, there was obviously different species of hominid living in different parts of the planet, potentially. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's which came first. Yeah, where did we come from? Did we walk what, out of Australia? Did yeah. we walk out of Africa? Blah, 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 yeah. I think I think the colour of our skin is very easy to explain just by where yeah, we, we yeah. lived for thousands of years, hmm. you know, in terms of melanin Absolutely. necessity. Mm. sort of thing i think that's purely what it comes down to mm. and i feel like that's that's part of 
the beauty of of the internet is that that's one of those things that like we're all the same. We're all the same, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah just 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 where we've where we've chosen and and the different breeding, like you say, breeding trees, right? Yeah. Who's breeding with who? What's doing what? And yeah, where exactly. where are you? Are you in the desert? Are you on the coastline? Are you in the sun? Do you have to hide in a cave six months of the year? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, let's let's look at the giant genetic diversity of of um original like Africans. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is a huge diversity, absolutely, of of different statures, mm-hmm. builds, skin tones of of na- of original Africans. Mm. You know, I've seen them come through the class. You know, doing their doing different classes. You know, from Ghana, from South Africa, North Africa, West Africa, and they're all different. Yeah, they're all different. They're not all. Africa is a big it's fucking a, continent, a, man. Ma- people don't understand it how big huge. it is. People don't understand how big it is. Like it's like Australia; they don't understand how big Australia is. Yeah. Well, no. you stack fucking turn Australia sideways and stack two of them side by side. Now you've got like Africa. Yeah. Like probably even more. I don't know. I'm just guessing off the top yeah, of my head, know. but it's big. It's a big place. It's a big place. All right. It is interesting. Let's do some more reading. It is interesting to note. Did I read that bit? No. No? It is interesting to note that if, note here, that if one is to study not only the time frame of our history and also the time frame of evolution as it presets itself, but also take the Sumerian account of creation at face value, a startling possibility presents itself. Why were the gods of the old always depicted as being greater stature. Oh, no, I am going to skip down yeah, a little yeah. bit. Sorry, sorry. That's all right, man. Could it not be possible that our current size, which is larger than Homo Flores and yet still smaller than that of the gods, oh, I see what he's doing, could man. well be the result of an intermingling of the two gene pools of, of the larger and smaller races? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's very convenient to say that that you take the giant gods and the little flores and then you get the medium. Yeah. And it just and I don't want to That's get too convenient. I, I, and I don't want to get too graphic, but who's given birth to who, if you know what I mean? Mm, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Or are we mixing it in a yeah. in a right. uh, synthetic yeah. embryo if chamber? In, you know. Yeah, would you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm picking up yeah. what you're putting down. Yeah. Um, could it be that Homo Flores is actually the missing genetic link, so sought after, that could simply turn evolution on its head? Time may show the discovery of this new human species to be the final nail in the Darwinian coffin. I imagine the theologians will be equally mortified. I'm not saying that such a thing is so. I'm just mentioning that it's an interesting thought, and if one is to consider all the evidence, it's not entirely outside the realms of possibility. Time will tell. I'll give you that one, Max. The first ever discovery of traces of a dinosaur heart in a fossil discovered in Rayleigh, North Carolina, has also now provided equally disturbing evidence that a large number of the long-extinct beasts were not the slow and plodding creatures that had so far been imagined, but were in fact quick and agile, even quite similar to birds. And I 
in 2023, I think we're all along that yeah, line right. now yeah. that we've adapted sort of well, thing. Well, they I, were to what amount? I think the, the only question now is to what amount were they covered in feathers, and did those feathers have function, or was it like an emu? You know what I mean? Well, not o- not only that though, all of the pictures of like all of the way in which dinosaurs have been drawn is like they've stretched the skin over the skull. Yeah. And if you do the same thing, they've they've used the same um style with they've used the same style with modern animals that still live today and they're unrecognizable if you draw them, if you cover their skeleton in such a way. Yeah. I'm pretty sure from memory they might have done like a bear and something else. So they've they've covered their um, skeletons like with lacking muscles in certain areas yeah. and stuff like that, and it makes them look very dinosaurish mm. when you do that with those with the skeletons. So there is a possibility that that they had like subcutaneous fat that we didn't know of. Yeah, absolutely, because that didn't fossilize. Yeah, right. So in which they actually yeah, didn't look any sense, when yes. we picture a dinosaur, maybe they didn't look like that at all. And you also got to remember. When you look at a bird, like you look at a goose or something, right? Mm. It looks like a big, chunky bird. Mm. You rip all the feathers off it, it's not much and all of a sudden, it's not looking that no, big. No, no, that's right. It's, it's pretty emaciated. Yeah, yeah. So feathers can can add inches mm, to the size of true. something as well. So it's true. So it's maybe true. maybe they didn't look so gaunt at all. Mm. Um, well, that's the other. Like, no one knows if a dinosaur could roar. That's right. Like that's the whole thing. Jurassic Park, the whole thing that you know. Well, I think I think they've was it like, is that they found vocal cords or no? It's not vocal cords so much as as the bones, like a, a larynx. Um, but I'm not sure if they've actually found anything like that fossilized. But, but I think they maybe the to a lion or a tiger. Like, I mean, what else? Oh, the, the one jungle, that they've you know brought I mean? up exactly, and everything's so vocal. Yeah, you look at like all the dinosaurs <laughs> and, and and it's funny because like they're dolphins well they're all 80s villains as well because they've got this one liner before they attack you yes yeah, you know what i mean like they they stand back and look at you and and go yeah and then attack yeah like it's like no no one knows it's all made up i yeah. think the only thing they they can estimate at the noise of is parasaurolophus because they've got the crest on their head Mm. The bony crest, um, which is like they were able to replicate that and and sort of work out what noise it would be. Yeah, like right. with the size with and the shape size and, and everything like and that. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like a resonance. That's the other thing too. I mean, is it a nose or was it a beak? They've found some beaked dinosaurs, haven't they? Oh yeah, no, definitely. S- certain things like in the fossil record mm. have had had like beak. Triceratops is like a beak. Yeah, yeah, has a beak on the front. Yeah, yeah. there's a few that I I believe they they've been they found the fossils. Triceratops look like with feathers on it. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that? Yeah, but I don't think they had feathers. That's the thing. See, there's two different types we're now talking about. You think maybe four-legged ones and the two-legged ones? Exactly. So that's where you draw. It's not all just dinosaurs. Yeah, I can't remember the difference. It's an interesting one. But yeah, I think that oh, I can't remember the names of the two different types. The fact that they've got one's got four. So anyway, it doesn't say here 
but I don't think the four-legged ones had a fucking four-chambered heart. It's only the two-legged ones. It's only the two-legged yeah, ones because they're right. the ones warm-blooded related to birds. But that's a completely... Well, now we're just now you've split species now. 100%. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah, because, I mean, we say a crocodile is a dinosaur because of its four legs, its teeth. Well, and, its, and how long, and how long it, in that exact form it's been they've in. been around. Same as a great white shark. Mm. So great white sharks... Um, weren't necessarily uh, like the exact species we have now yeah, like weren't megalodon. necessarily, but yeah. megalodons were. Yeah. And, and yeah. a megalodon jaw looks like a great white shark jaw, but it's just one's massive and one's... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think there is some differences in teeth and shit like that. Yeah. Like the actual shape in mm. terms of what they did. But in saying that, they're similar. But, but again, as I said before, every now and again, uh, I'd kill a whale or an orca which is really the top of the food chain because they can eat sharks. Yeah. Every now and again, something washes up with a, something's taken a bite. Yeah. Out of an orca. Yeah. With a big, yeah. a, a giant fucking thing. Yeah. Giant, what, uh, big bite mark. Yeah. What, what, what took a bite <laughs> out of the thing that kills the great white sharks? That's exactly it. <laughs> All right. Let's keep moving. Where were we? Rayleigh, North Carolina has also now provided equally disturbing evidence that a large number of the long extinct beasts were not the slow plotting creatures uh, and they were actually quite similar to birds. The fossil now on display at the South Dakota Museum was exceptionally well preserved. A 3D view of the heart absolutely astounded researchers because the heart contained four highly developed chambers and a single arched aorta. I want to know what fucking type. Which dinosaur Like we're talking about look like birds. So birds don't have four legs. So well, Max straight is, away. Max is normally listening. So maybe we. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, true. Good point, mate. The single aorta completely separates the oxygen rich blood from the oxygen poor blood and sends it to all parts of the body, said Russell. This challenges some of the most fundamental. Here we go. We might see a thing here. The most fundamental theories about how and when dinosaurs evolved. Most reptiles have three-chambered hearts, but even in those with four chambers, such as the crocodile, where the blood is pumped through double arteries that mix oxygen-heavy blood with oxygen-lean blood, cold-blooded reptiles are dependent on the environment for body heat. Warm-blooded mammals and birds generate their own body heat and are more tolerant of temperature extremes. Oh, there's the heart. What dinosaur? doesn't say. I feel like we need to know that. Yes, I would love to. Another brief, though quite interesting article concerning an ancient alphabet that had been discovered virtually worldwide also appeared in 2004, suggesting, thank you, Jamie, for getting onto that for us, suggesting further evidence of a widely dispersed culture in remote prehistory. The alphabet had been found and successfully translated on six continents, so far, translations and grammar suggest a global human culture thrived in antiquity. The alphabet is similar to ancient writing found in other locations around the globe, and the author of the article suggests that this is the result of a cultural migration. The site where it was located near La Junta, La Junta has been dated to before 800 BC, while in the Negev, Negev desert of Israel, the same alphabet has been dated to 1500 BC. In South Australia, 
get fucked. The same alphabet is estimated to be over 5,000 years old, and similar alphabets have also been discovered in Oklahoma, Mexico, Peru, Bolivia, Brazil, and in Western Asia, indicating a common culture that was virtually globally dispersed. Yeah, because they had fucking planes and shit. The discovery of this alphabet is very significant, and as the diagram clearly shows, is it is indeed quite widely dispersed and may still yet be found in other locations. Hmm, perhaps these were the people who planted all those bananas. Yeah, hey, that. bananas, yeah. Okay. Now, what did the, you find? The Theskelosaurus. Theskelosaurus was unearthed in 1993. Theskelosaurus was the dinosaur that it was. Yes. Uh, but also, T-Rex had a four-chambered heart. They now say, so this is an article from 2000, but I looked at articles from 2015. They might have been theropods. Yeah, Theskelosaurus. Yeah, no, no, but the families. And something starting with a C is the two-legged ones. Theropods, I think, were the four-legged ones. And something fucking, I keep getting cetacean, but that's a fucking whale. I don't know, man. Something may be starting with C. I don't know. But yeah, did that say, so they've said T-Rex four-chambered heart. Did they say if that had two legs or not? Yeah, it's two legs. That's okay. a, that's a Theskelosaurus. Yeah, getting old. Yeah, big fat tail on it. Looks like a. Oh yes, 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 yes. So yeah, yeah. It looks like a fucking bird. Yeah. Well, you could easily in yeah, those pictures. In those yes. pictures, you could easily imagine that with um. That nearly looked like. That nearly looks like the one in the last in Dominion, that like fucking lives in the ice and dives underwater. Remember that? Did you ever watch Dominion? Yeah, a long time ago. It was yeah. So it's it's the one that they p- crash the. Yeah, plane. that's right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're they're running away and from. I I was too busy being Jamie. Can you go up for a second? So that's so they're saying an alphabet was discovered the same. Yeah, bro. Similar writing location there on the go. In South, South Australia, Australia, same, same alphabet, alphabet to be estimated. estimated to be five thousand years Similar. old. Oklahoma, Mexico, Peru, Bolivia, Brazil, Western Asia. Right. Okay. Well, then we need to. I just, I just wanted to get that into my brain because I heard you say it, and I'm like, hang on a minute. Yeah. What? Okay. So we need to look into, and the, it's probably coming up here, the name of this alphabet. Mm. <clears throat> Many things have been lost in the course of man's history. One of the saddest of these has been a loss of our history itself. Though we still continue to search for explanations to the riddles that plague our past, the longer it takes to find the pieces we need, the harder the quest becomes. The entire Sinai area, where the answers to many of the great mysteries of mankind lie, has been kept a war zone by banking interests, squabbling religious fanatics, and oil companies for so long now that any trace of the answers we seek may well come way too late if they still remain at all. However, the hoarding of information and the steady and methodical dismantling of our true historic history by academia is the real root cause of many of the maladies. Maladies. Maladies? Hmm. Mm, maybe. We'll see. You say maladies, I say maladies. Mankind now faces. Look at that graphic right. from 2000. Do you want me to take it? How good mate? is that? No, not yet. Actually, what's the I'm, end? 
I'm looking for the forgotten oh, code. Yeah, well, it's gonna... Sir, you can take over. Yeah. Sort of have to, really. The ones that we're I? trying to unlock. The yeah. forgotten ones. Um, lighter, sir. Lighter, sir. Thank you, sir. I will be checking out. Roger, have your phone at the ready for any confirmations. I think that's a good thing. And we, we were doing that. The great, <laughs> great puzzle. Yes, Max, the great puzzle. The main aim of this book is to provide people with the information designed to make it abundantly clear to you that the history you've been led to believe is irrefutably wrong. This is virtually an established fact, no matter what academia asks us to believe. It also hopefully provides you with some sort of insight into what the ancient legends suggest to be a possibility in the evidence that can be gathered to support these myths. But to where does all this lead? Do the answers lie in the myths, somehow locked in the alignments of the ancient ruins or hidden in the texts? I think so. Do they tell us to watch for certain astronomical or celestial signs that warn us of impending disaster? Is that what the monuments and astrological alignments are trying to tell us? Could it be a global catastrophe or polar reversal? Could it be one things we're being told about warned about ancient texts and myths? I know the flat earth stuff's gathering steam again for some reason. My big issue, there's questions that need to be answered, but my big issue with it is is that none of the astronomical alignments would work if it's not a ball or somewhat of a round, oblique spheroid. The computer code or algorithm that has been discovered running through the entire Hebrew Bible appears to speak or, or predict all major world events, past, present, and future. The code has been confirmed as being real by many of the world's leading mathematicians and simply has no right being there unless someone or something put it there purposely. Encoded are a myriad of incredibly accurate and modern-day events. The assassination of Yitzhak Rabin, the Clinton presidency, and his affair with a maidservant. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. The collapse of the Twin Towers. Al Gore winning the vote but having evil done against him and G.W. Bush then becoming president by fraudulent means. That's all in this Hebrew text. I, I just when when anyone says that sort of stuff, whether that's my modern mind, it's just like yeah, te- te- I, I would like more information, some reference points. Yeah, exactly. As to like go tell go me to this fucking point in the, chapter in the code, or and whatever. this is where it is, and it says President G. W. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. What just I mean? just refer your information. Maybe like, look, maybe it does. I'm it, not saying it, it doesn't. I'm not saying it doesn't. A great deal more extremely accurate information that simply defies all analysis can be found quite clearly encoded within the text. The code also contains numerous references as to a coming world war. Could this hidden book be within the Bible be the hidden book the Bible tells us will be open at the end of days? Could the Bible code be a biblical book with seven seals that will be opened at the beginning of the end we are told of in Revelations? Who was it that encoded this information? Was it the gods of old, the Anunnaki, the ancient Sumer who created it all, or was it just God? When considering the remains of our ancient temples that we find dotted across our globe, the question that instantly arises is why the absolutely ridiculous obsession with temple alignments in astronomy? Exactly. What is the meaning behind it all? Because they were all struck by the celestial display of the stars to predict the equinoxes for crop cycles, as some have suggested. But what if it was simply for crops? Then why go to all that trouble to get it so precise? There's a new word. 
Why not just ask a farmer? Why devote so much attention to alignments? Is there knowledge we can glean from them? And then there are all the myths and legends. By examining the brilliant work of authors such as Zachariah Sitchin, we have seen that isn't isn't that weird? Even though we've gone through over two hundred pages, it's still so that you still I got a little bit of you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah we have yeah. seen it explained to us what the uses of many ancient places actually were: the mines and the metallurgy facilities in South America, the landing platforms at Baalbek and Jerusalem, the pyramid beacons in the Nile Valley. But it still goes further than that. Of the first notable scholars who believe the ancient scriptures and temple alignments held the secrets to an ancient and hidden knowledge was the great scientist Isaac Newton, who spent his life secretly trying to decipher him. He did do that. He was really interested in alchemy. Newton. Uh, Newton was once asked a question by a student or colleague regarding the planets and gravity for which he was unable to answer at the time. So he retired to his study. The resulting thesis he delivered on gravity and planetary rotation after subsequent labour of three years is still considered to be one of the many, most comprehensive and brilliant scientific papers ever written. Imagine that. Imagine you had the time and the resources to go, I don't know the answer to that. I'll see you in three years. Yeah, good question. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Who has the patience for that I anymore? I know. It is still considered, oh, well, yet secretly, Newton's heart's desire was to acquire knowledge of the secrets of divine creation, not only to God. He believed the secrets were locked within the ancient scriptures and the key to unlocking them lay in alchemy. For years, many had practiced the forbidden science of alchemy, seeking the secrets of turning base metals into the purest of gold. Yet Newton had a grander vision for the secret craft. He believed that the Bible and other texts contained, disguised within their narrative and numerology, alchemical formulas and recipes, the discovery of which would teach him the secrets of creation, of all life and of the universe. He too also believed that the Christian story of creation could be clearly seen with the ancient Babylonian creation epic. The suggestion that the biblical story of Genesis actually had its origins of a much earlier Babylonian creation myth as recounted in the Unama Elish and that the Babylonian version seemed to be derived from a still earlier source was probably first put forth academically by a British museum worker called George Smith who worked for years piecing together fragmented clay tablets from the Mesopotamia and eventually published his findings in a quite extraordinary book entitled The Chaldean or Chaldean Genesis. Now, due to the recent discovery of fragments such as of a much earlier Sumerian version of Enuma Elish, it is universally agreed that the Babylonian epic of creation has, a, has its origins in the much more complete Sumerian tale. It is Sitchin who ascertains that it is by interpreting the references and cosmology that underlies the Enuma Elish is actually being Sumerian and not Babylonian, and the true nature of the tale finally emerges. Seems to be Sumeria was the start, yeah? I think that's from everything that I'm seeing. Yeah, it's the older one. It's the older one. In terms of civilizations with, with written histories. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It can be noted that the earlier Sumerian version of the the invader was not named Marduk or Marduk, but Nibiru. It has now been established that the references in the Babylonian text to Marduk are being the ultimate god who created the earth and ultimately man and everything else is actually a forgery. The main Marduk was inserted to replace Nibiru. This variation of the tale was was most likely occurred when Ra, Marduk, seized control of Babylon and he and his followers were anxious to portray the, their ruling deity as being the supreme creator of all life 
as well as the Lord of the earth. I have absolutely no doubt that Sitchin is completely correct in his assertion. assertion sorry. If one realizes the actual origin of the biblical story of Genesis and interprets the many other tales concerning creation, not as myths and allegorical stories, but as actual factual accounts of a series of celestial events, a surprisingly coherent and confirmable version of Earth's true history can finally be discovered. Look, I've got the, the thing about reading this book and, and using the cross-references through the 150 episodes that came before this book and the knowledge that we've gained throughout the years and also prior to starting this, I agree with Sitchin insofar as I think it's all the same, right? We, we've seen more, not just Sitchin's work, we've seen variations of that, you know what I mean? Science and religion. Can you start that one for me? I just had a mouthful. That's like, yeah, no, I saw that. <laughs> I, just, oh, I didn't, I didn't no. expect it to be finishing. That's all right. Consider for a moment that if man was forced to start again right now, from this point right now, consider what would happen if there was some kind of major cataclysm like a comet impact right now today. If pockets of survivors were forced back to the Stone Age and begin culture society anew, what face would they keep, adhere to, or create? What sciences would they eventually discover, develop, and embrace? Would it be the sciences we have knowledge of now, or would the evolution of the craft branch off in another completely different direction? Before his death, Einstein was already working on the concept of the unified field. Now, in modern days, we can see that some vision of a real vision of rea, of a uh, vision a reality with the advent of quantum physics and string theory. Yes, but the string theory and well, string theory in particular is not really gone anywhere in the last twenty years, the last seventy years actually. They they can't make the math actually work. That's the big problem. Um, you know, there's a fair bit about that. Um, quantum mechanics and quantum physics, on the other hand, is basically in, in the in the seventeen or so, eighteen years that this is since this has been written, they've done a lot of really cool experiments in quantum physics and mechanics. Is basically proving that magic is real on a on a molecular level. They've done transporting. They've done all sorts of weird stuff, but string theory is one of those ones that it may not be the right one. It may not be. It might. It may have been hijacked. I'll take it from here, brother. Mm. Can you pass me the mouse? Yeah. It is common knowledge that all matter is ultimately composed of light and sound vibrating at specific frequencies. Einstein theorized that gravity also had a specific frequency of vibration, that if it could be discovered that the correct frequency of sound directed at any given object should render the object weightless. It is not unreasonable to suppose that the actual sound frequency of gravity is discovered and directed into harmony with the frequency of the biological strings, then levitation may even become commonplace. Feats of levitation have often been reported, in some cases even witnessed by people in their observations of some Shaolin monks of Tibet who have been seen levitating heavy stones on the top of steep cliffs. Think for a moment that the technology we possess today would have seemed, wow, I just blanked, would have seemed like to those who lived in past times. Electric lights, cars, aeroplanes, television, cell phones, microwave ovens, all of these things are commonplace today, yet to them would have appeared more like magic, exactly, yeah. than science. 
if another race exists in the billions of stars that supports planets, then that race is likely many thousands, perhaps millions of years in advance of ours. The technologies they may conceivably possess would most likely appear to be impossible to us as much of ours would appear so to those who lived a thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. In truth, ancient man did not practice religion as we conceive it today. Mm-hmm. In past civilizations, science and religion were intrinsically intertwined. They were not practiced as such. They were simply a way of life. Man was aware of himself and his relationship to the universe, the creator, and those gods in between because it was simply the way things were. So how could it be perceived to be any different? Of course, there was the worship of mighty gods who were held in great fear and reverence, but they were celestial gods, the planets. And again, why? Did ancient man have telescopes? Surely not. Did they know some of the tiny lights in the sky were really planets and not stars? Of course they did. The question is, without telescopes, how did they know? Would you, if you looked up in the night sky, discern and count the planets and observe their movements, would you be capable of predicting their orbits? Would you observe the phenomenon of precession? No. A movement of one degree every 72 years? No. Of course you wouldn't, and yet they knew. When man still believed that the earth was flat, he knew of the procession of the zodiac. The entire notion is nonsensical. Sumerians tell us that the zodiac was created by the gods. Okay. But if we take that on face value, why would the gods even do it? Mm. Sitchin tells us, It was done to keep track of the enormously long passages of time dealt with in tracking the orbital movements of Nibiru, the planet of the gods. Could this truly be the case? When examining all of the aspects of these ancient religions, surprisingly, many of their mythologies seem to have their basis in science and astronomy, and the references are always the same. Twelve signs of Zodiac, twelve months of the year, twelve ancient gods, 12 disciples there is also the appearance of the number 432 or 432,000 or 432 hertz and that's what i I thought and then that's what i thought of and the continual use of the number 52 in various different mythologies is that should be 72 Mm, maybe 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 might be there as well yeah it may be significant also Mm. there are always the same mathematics and astronomical references whatever the culture the same can even be further seen now in the christian religion with the discovery of the bible code the bible code itself is one of the most enigmatical enigmatic things imaginable the code that has been found running through the text of the Hebrew Bible by the renowned mathematician Elijah Rips has stood up to the most rigorous mathematical tests available and is most certainly a definite reality. This is something we need to look into. Yeah, this we, Bible need, code. We, need, we need the Bible code. I don't code know more. about this Bible code thing. Mm. The author of the books on the code, Michael Drosnan, Michael is, is himself convinced that an actual key to unlocking the code is right here in Southeast Queensland. Come on down. Anyone logging the code in its entirety may even exist. 
Yes, it does. In its entirety, may even exist. Yes, it's two blokes in a shed, babbling. <laughs> We're unlocking the car. Yeah, We're doing our best, man. We're doing our best. We're doing our part. Yeah. So it may even be possible to view the code en masse. He also believes that the finding of such a key may then even divulge us to who, to us who the original encoder actually was. He may well be right. The Bible code itself even seems to strongly suggest that that very possibility. Rips found the hidden code by removing all of the punctuation from the Hebrew Bible, thus reducing it to one long string of letters and then applying a computer program to it that was designed to look for letter skips. It is no surprise that only in such a fashion could the discovery of the Bible code have been achieved as the entire book of the Old Testament is actually reported to have been delivered to Moses on Mount Sinai as one long string of letters. This is perhaps why the Hebrew version has always remained true to its original form without one letter changed. Yeah, that is true that the, the, the Hebrew, they say the Hebrew Bible is an exact copy of the original text. The Hebrew Bible is not the words of God and does not really contain the words of God, but is in fact the word of God in the singular form. It has always been referred to in this manner, and this of course implies that it was always really meant to be just one word, one long contiguous letter word string God. that it is that word is in God. itself essentially a single word, possibly even like anachronism for something else hidden. The word of God is an immense singular word of 304,805,000 letters into which could theoretically be encoded a myriad of seemingly endless possibilities. The Bible code itself appears to function in this way and to be an incredibly complex yet somehow simplistically perfect, complete mathematical formula that encompasses all of life, the earth and our history, within a story, truly a divine code, and to change even one letter would totally invalidate the entire mathematical formula. Drosnan is certain that the Bible code itself states that the key to unlocking the com complete code is secreted in an ark of some kind, a container or sealed vessel of metal, and it has something to do with an obelisk or pillar that may well be buried somewhere in Jordan. Most of the evidence he has managed to gather so far from the code itself strongly indicates an area in the northern Sinai. In the vicinity of Mazra, near the Lisan Peninsula, a small and inhospitable place of land that juts into the southern Dead Sea. Who could have come up with a code that encompasses all the secrets of our world and concealed them in a lost book that could not be opened until the invention of the computer? I mean, what make, makes you come up with that idea? You know what I mean? What makes you come up with that idea? I'm going to take all the commas and punctuation out and run it through a computer. I mean, how do you get to that? Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good question. I don't know. Do you want to? I don't know. I reckon. But I, I, I look. I think it comes something from the 
the translation of of the word of God. Mm. Like I think that that yeah, idea yeah, yeah. may so have take a take all the take all the spaces and stuff out and just make it one word and mm, see what it does. Exactly, that may have led him down that track. Mm. And then secreted the key to this incredible mathematical formula for life in a metal box, inf- information about which is inscribed on an obelisk or pillar. Was it God? Was it aliens? Maybe it was time a time traveler who had an awfully good knowledge of history, or was it one God in particular that may not have actually been a God at all? Would you like to read Divine Codes, my good man? Well, mate, I'm just wondering whether or not we stop there, is what I'm wondering. Is that what you're wondering? Yeah, because it looks like we're going to go into another massive story, right? Are we going into the codes? Afterthoughts? Afterthoughts. How long is afterthoughts? Um, Our newest neighbor. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I there's think, another episode there. Yeah. I agree with you. Because we, we've been we've been at it about an hour and twenty or so now. So I think we leave it considering. And look, I just for myself personally. I mean, you've been here the whole time too. But how cool was it to have unlocking the code in the book, <laughs> mate? We've we've given. We've given Maxie's Jews on a lot of things. Yeah. But the fact that he foresaw unlocking the code yeah. to be around to read his book yeah. in 2023. It's crazy. Max, you're a fucking genius. Oh, man. Well, mate, thank you. On um, that note, let's fucking bail out. Let's yeah. do it. We don't want to hang around. These guys don't want to hear us prattle on about fucking no, bullshit. No, we don't. We don't need to continue down that path, do we, mate? Well, thank you again, sir. Look, one more episode, I think. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe two, maybe two. Look, the thing is, I really, obviously, we got to do the different, the next book differently. But I have really actually enjoyed. Mate, this has been, this has been a good read. I'll tell you that much. You know, it's been entertaining. It's been. Sometimes uh, informative. Yeah, it's it's been, questioning. It's, it's been, been really. Good. It's been I, mind expanding. Yeah. It's been thought provoking. Yeah, it's been. And we look. The, what the listeners don't know is that we we talk. We've talked about these ideas off the mic as much as we have on the mic. You know, as as they provoke thoughts in us. Well, another one in the books for twenty twenty three, mate. Uh, that's it. That's it. See you later. On you guys. Talk soon. Cheers. Good night. Just want to go again? Let's do it. Yeah. Go again. All right. I know you been here before. No surprises settle the score. I know the dark.
I know you. Better.